0: Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and we talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Pronto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? It's going all right, Nick. How are you? I'm doing good. I've seen a couple of movies this week, ah. and I just finished one moments ago, which is why we're a little bit late getting started today. They I've, don't know that. I know. I just wanted to let everyone <laughs> in behind the curtain a little bit.
1: We're always a, we're always willing to share a little bit more of ourselves.
0: <laughs> for us, it's Friday, but for everyone else, it's Tuesday.
1: And I have a hangnail. I, oh, I just got
0: up. a hangnail. Hangnail. <laughs> uh, Matt, what have you seen this week in film? Uh,
1: I saw one movie this week. Uh, and that was It Chapter 2.
0: Oh, okay. All right, all right. I saw two movies this week. Mm-hmm. I watched. Oh, God. The first movie I watched is from 1972. And it's called. Uh, A Gear, The Wrath of God. Is this another one that your app chose at random? Nope. This one was. Well, kind of. <laughs> but I'll take credit for it. <laughs> And then the other movie I saw is from the year two thousand, called Space Cowboys.
1: Oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I guess I'll go first since I saw the two movies, and uh, we can
1: uh, fair enough split them up. What Listen, would you like to hear about first? On, I want to <laughs> send something out to the listeners. Listeners, help me out here, you know, or help Nick out, whatever. Uh, if, if you want to hear Nick talk about a movie that you've seen <laughs> or that you've heard of or that <laughs> you think might be good for him, you know, maybe health-wise, just make some recommendations. He, he takes you guys seriously. It's true. Well, I did try to watch The Descent uh,
0: today, but I couldn't find it. Oh, man. So I tried to watch The Descent. Oh. Uh I, was, I wanted to watch something that I didn't have to think about, which is why I didn't want to watch Get Out. And then I put on Aguirre, The Wrath of God, from the year 1972. Or from its original German title, Aguirre. German words.
1: I, I really assumed this was an Asian movie.
0: <laughs> nope. I also thought it would be an Asian movie. But it's directed by Werner Herzog... And it stars Klaus Kinski, and I believe this is the first movie that I've seen with Klaus Kinski in it, uh, or at least that I was aware of that he was in it. And all I can think when I see Klaus Kinski is he looks just like Vigo from Ghostbusters 2, like Hmm. 100%, to the point where I had to keep looking it up. I was like, is that... Did they, they didn't get Klaus Kinski for Ghostbusters 2. I looked it up three times, just to be sure, because I I, I kept forgetting.
1: I don't know who Klaus Kinski is, but I'm, I'm looking up this movie, so we'll see in a second. Yeah. So this is a German film about a
0: Spanish expedition in the 16th century. Uh, and it's these guys looking for the lost city of El Dorado. So it's post cortez conquering mexico and the natives there told the spanish that there's a city of gold somewhere Uh, and then they probably executed the natives because that happens a lot and it it's this tale of this group of soldiers searching for the city of el dorado and uh, this movie was great i really liked it it's it's pretty slow and pretty methodical, and I'm pretty sure this is the first Werner Herzog movie that I've watched that that he's directed. Uh, I can't, I, I didn't look at his IMDb. Like I've seen him act in quite a few things, but I think this is the first movie I saw that he directed, and and it's it's great. Um, you really feel like you're in the the 16th century, mm-hmm. and the first thing you think is. Well, here first of all, when I turned this movie on, the very first thing you get is this giant red background with white text in German and I went, "Oh Christ. I got to read." And who would have so, thought? Well, I didn't I didn't know anything about the movie when I turned it on. I just went, "Oh, that's a stupid-looking poster. Let's check it out because the poster for this is just terrible." Sounds like a good approach. Yep. And uh it was also, it's only an hour and a half long, and, that, and that's kind of what I was looking for, right, something kind of quick. So I was like, all right, hour and a half, goofy title, stupid poster, let's do it. And so I turned it on, and I'm like, ah, German. So I turn on the subtitles, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And it starts off, the movie begins on this real wide shot of what I'm guessing is the Andes Mountains. Uh, I looked it up, and, it, and they shot this movie in Peru. I believe. And I believe the Andes go through Peru, but it it shows like this expedition of men. It's like, gotta be like three, 400 men walking through these paths in this very steep mountain. And they're wearing like the full on Spanish conquistador costumes, you know, like with the metal helmets and the metal breastplates and, and the, all their armor and weapons and stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, man, that just looks miserable. Why didn't they design some kind of warm weather uniform for this expedition through the Amazon? And this movie made me positive. I have no interest in ever going to the Amazon. Now, I know most of it burned away last month, but this is... This this makes me I'm like, alright, I get it. I don't need to go. I don't need to go. Cause it just looks miserable. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong, it's beautiful, but it's so treacherous and so just big. There's the land the land is so there's just so much. They spend all their time like basically floating down the Amazon River because every time they come to a tribe of of natives, the the natives uh, basically say they ask him where is El Dorado. Tell us where El Dorado is, and the natives will go like I don't know over there, and then they go okay, continue down the river, and they just keep going down the river, and so getting back to the to the beginning of the movie.
1: The well, hang on while you're while you're talking about the Amazon itself and how treacherous it is, uh huh. If, if you feel like seeing more of it without going there, um, that movie, The Jungle with Daniel Radcliffe, I'd say check that one out.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: Yeah. Continue.
0: So, to set the plot a little bit, the movie starts off with this huge expedition. And for whatever reason, they're bringing these two women. There's governor or whatever, mm-hmm. governor guy. And then there's a general guy. Not like a, a general guy, but like a man who is a general and <laughs> okay, <laughs> and uh, there's, there's just a dude, he's just a general guy. And then there's his second in command, who's the main character of the movie. His name is Aguirre or Don Lupe de Aguirre, and uh, that's who Klaus Kinski plays. So the governor guy says, This sucks, we're gonna stop here, we're gonna send out 40 dudes down the river the general guy is going to lead the expedition a gear is going to go with him and for some reason we brought the general's wife and a gear's daughter and they're going to go with them too
1: that seems like a bad idea
0: oh it does also the wife and the daughter are being carried in those you know like those boxes that women like uh, yeah, ladies the, would sit in
1: box you put up on your shoulders
0: yeah And, and they, and they've totally turned like the Inca tribes people, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the correct way of saying it, into slaves. And they're just, they're just carrying these women through floodwaters and, and mud and, and whatnot. And it's, it's terrible. Like, you're just like, at one point you just got to be like, get out of the box lady. (laughs) (laughs) At one point they almost like they're going through the floodwaters and they almost dropped the the thing yeah and and you're like oh whoa she almost fell and there in the frame you can see like this white person's hand pop out to hold the box from falling over and i was reading the imdb trivia of the movie after i after i watched it and apparently that white hand that pops out is Werner herzog's hand to keep the, keep her from falling out of the uh the container because they're really trudging through this slog which Wait, was which it, was pretty it, interesting it pops
1: out of what the side of the frame Oh, okay, so it's it's coming in from out of camera. Gotcha. Yeah, like,
0: everybody in this movie is very, very tan, because they've been in the Amazon for however long, and they're of Spanish descent, supposedly. So, like, you see this really white person's hand just appear, and you're like, oh, where, who's that? <laughs> That's and you never place. see him again, yeah. So, it, like, you definitely notice when it happens, but I, I'd forgotten about it until I read the trivia, and I went, oh, that was that hand. Anyway, so the 40 men go off on their own expedition, and... They make these rafts out of tree logs and they're going down the river and they go through these rapids and you're like, this is insanity. I mean have you ever done white water rafting?
1: No, no, no. I mean I've been on some some of water that have like little bits of white water, but definitely not what you would not what you're referring to.
0: Yeah. I mean I've done it. Once and it was like I guess I don't know how high the scale goes. It was like the the hardest it got was like a level three of five, and I was like, "This is crazy!" And my dad fell out of the boat and everything, Uh and I was like, "This is crazy!" And what these guys go through on these wooden rafts, and we're in like when we did it, we were in rubber boats with we all had paddles, and we were just there for fun. We didn't have a horse. Or cages of chickens for food, you know, like all these supplies, <laughs> yeah. you know, and these guys are just going down this river on these wooden rafts that are about the size of a living room. And you're like, Jesus. And so then they get to this one part where one of the rafts gets caught in an, I want to say an Edie, which I, I may be saying it wrong or have the wrong word. So apologies, but it's basically where sorry. water,
1: sorry, Edie.
0: Yeah, or Eddie. Uh, I'm not sure. One of them <laughs> too. It, it's one of those things where the water, like past the rock, starts to swirl. Yeah, and they can't get out from where they are, so they're like just stuck in the middle of the Amazon River and they can't get out. But meanwhile, all the other rafts have pulled over to the 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 side of the river and they're just looking at this raft with like ten dudes on it. And they've got their slaves like trying to row out and they've got these long weapons like for war, like just Spanish weapons. And they're like trying to push themselves off the wall. I think there's a a cannon on the boat. Like they've got all this ridiculous stuff and they can't get out of this spot. And they just keep running from one side of the boat to the other. And the general guy says, well, we've I guess we got to go to the other side of the river to rescue them. And this guy, Aguirre, is like, why would we do that? Let's just leave them. And the general guy, he's a good guy. And his name is Ursa. Ursua. I'll just call him general guy. And he says, "Now nah, we're going to go get them. So he and the priest put the others oh, always. And, and so here's the other thing about the movie is it's sort of based on a true story, mm-hmm. but it's based on a true story in the, in the sense of there was once a guy. And <laughs> okay. And so it's supposed to be this whole story is told from the perspective of this monk who is on the journey with them, whose journal survived the expedition. It's the only thing that survives the expedition. And they tell you that at the beginning of the movie. So this monk guy and the general guy put together this plan to rescue these guys. And while they're in the middle of it, these guys have to go all the way downstream to find a place where they can cross the river and then backtrack.
1: Is there then... a reason they can't – I'm sorry to interrupt, but is there is there a reason they can't fasten ropes to the boat and have it be, like, pulled out?
0: Yes. The river is super wide.
1: Oh, okay. It's, like, okay. crazy
0: wide. Like, I thought about that at one point. I was like, why don't they just, like, shoot, like, arrows to the other ship? And I'm like, well, that's, one, a terrible idea because <laughs> you're shooting
1: arrows at your –
0: people but like the the ship is too big that any rope that you could fire with an arrow would be too small to well
1: i was thinking even if they're having people row out towards them you know they might be able to chuck something to them but uh well if they just not have rope that that's that's the river is too
0: the river is too strong to try to do that especially with the boats or rafts that they have there's no way they like if they go back out into the water they're going downstream They're, they're, they're basically out of control right and they can just kind of steer where they're going, but they can't go back. Okay. So they send a, a group of guys to go rescue them. And during the night, the guys on the boat just start shooting their guns. Because this is also at a time when bullets were a thing. Like, I guess weapon weaponry was advancing from crossbows to rifles. Okay. And so they've that got... That must have been a weird it's, time. It it's really does seem weird because they have... Like, all the guns are massive. Just so big. And they also have crossbows, and they all have swords, and they have cannons. So it's just like this weird conglomeration of technology yeah. where they're, they're just in transition. Anyway, the guns go off during the night, and the next morning, the group of guys that went to rescue them is there, and they look down, and the guys on the raft are all dead, and they've been like shot with arrows because there are hostile natives in the area. That sets the tone for the rest of the movie the the general guy says well i guess we should leave and the monk says well we can't leave without giving them a proper christian burial and you're like okay so the (laughs) the monk guy's really into this jesus stuff and you're like okay and the guy a gear is like uh, i'd be like hey
1: look dude we couldn't get them out of the river live (laughs)
0: yeah exactly so the guy a gear is is he goes against the orders of his commander and shoots a cannon at the boat to destroy it so that they can't so they just have to move on cuz he's tired on that of one. he's tired of waiting you're right you're right It's, is a good call, but a is also the guy who just wanted to leave them to die in the first place. So you're like, Oh, I didn't
1: say that one was a good call.
0: Yeah. This guy, a he's a loose cannon and the general guy is pissed off at him, but he, he kind of lets it go. And the general's wife is, if he does that, what, what makes you think he's not going to do something even crazier down the line. So down the line, he does something even crazier and he causes a mutiny. And they rebel against the general guy. They shoot him. He doesn't die, but they shoot him. And Aguirre basically takes command. And then they say that they're defecting from the crown of Spain. And they crown this nobleman who's with them as their new king, the king of El Dorado. And so then the movie just goes from there. And it just keeps getting worse and worse (laughs) and worse for these guys. Like, it just everything goes downhill like they're they're surrounded by all this beauty and lushness and they're starving to death while they go down this river because the river continue like the river floods like all the time so that they can't get ashore and when they do get ashore they can't find anything to eat really and so like they can catch a fish every once in a while in the river but they don't have fishing rods they're like fishing with string around their fingers kind of a thing like they're just so unprepared for this kind of long expedition Uh and especially because they think that there's a destination and spoiler alert there is no el dorado it doesn't exist and they don't know that because they're (laughs) they're dumb so that's why the
1: natives are just like yes it's over there just keep yeah just keep going in that direction eventually you'll get there
0: i mean and they're getting picked off one by one by by hostile natives and so, like, the movie goes on, and, like, people are just dying left and right. And at one point, these two natives row out to them, and, like, they're just coming out to say hi, like, hello. And they drag him on the ship, and the one guy has a gold pendant around his neck, and oh, they start, like, badgering him. Definitely
1: knows where El Dorado is.
0: Yeah, they're like, where did you get this gold? And the, the one translator guy, uh, who's one of the slaves, is like... I feel like he's just lying about everything he translates. <laughs> he says, where did you get this gold? And the man goes, where, where did you get the gold? And the guy says in his native tongue, uh, you know, over there. And they're like, Eldorado is nearby. And then the monk comes over and he goes, yes, but does he know about the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ? And they all look at the, <laughs> the they guy all look
1: drowns at, himself.
0: <laughs> they look at the, the native guy and he's like, do, do you know about jesus and the guy's like the guy goes no i don't know what a jesus is and the monk hands him a bible and he goes this this is the word of god look at it the word of god and he hands him the bible and the native guy just kind of looks at it and he like goes huh and then he puts it to his ear i guess to hear <laughs> the word of god because he doesn't know what a book sure is, yeah yeah you know And the people on the boat just start screaming, Blasphemer! He's a blasphemer! And they just execute him. Like, they just kill him. Yeah, they just murder him right in front of his wife. Because he put the Bible to his ear because he's never seen a book before. And also because he hadn't heard about the wonderful glory of Jesus Christ. And I I
1: truly hope, I truly hope that this specific scenario has never actually happened i I, mean i believe
0: it happens to this day uh the way the way it happens and how quick it happens i was like oh yeah this happens all the time i I I just hope
1: don't get me wrong i would like nobody to get killed for anyone's beliefs uh but i seriously hope that there's just never been anyone who's like oh i don't know what this is let me listen to it now i'm dead for for, (laughs) for putting it to my ear And I
0: believe it's the priest that stabs him with his sword. I think that's what happens.
1: Who who else is going to be like so enraged about the blasphemy?
0: Yeah, and I'm just like Jesus Christ, no pun intended. Give him, give him a second to tell him what a book is first. I mean, you told him it's the word of the Lord. He just thinks you're holding a fancy box. Also, he may not know what God is. Like, they turn on this guy so quick. And he is friendly. He just came out to see what was going on. Then later, they come across this native encampment alongside of the river and they all get out and they start everywhere they go. They're, they're on the hunt for hostile natives. Like everyone that they come across is trying to kill them in their eyes. Like nobody, I mean, they're so far down river that no one has no white person or non-native has been in those areas to the point where like Spanish conquistadors never made it down there. So the native people don't even know who they are to be afraid of them. Yeah, sure. And so, everywhere they go they're just on the attack so they come across this village and they they like run out to kill everyone in the village because they think that they're gonna kill them and there's no one there sounds like
1: sounds like caucasians
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh they also have a another kind of they have an african slave and they use him in this scene they strip him down to like his underwear or loincloth to scare the natives because they think If they think white people are scary, a black person will be terrifying. That's logic. And that's a quote. And so they send him out just running in his underwear, and they're chasing after him. And then they realize the camp is empty, so they steal all their their food. And then they realize that the camp was cannibals, because they have all these body parts and, like, half-eaten arms and stuff. So when they
1: stole their food... (laughs) yeah
0: so like well they was they stole like the bananas and the fruits Uh, and and stuff like that yeah so like that's how their adventures go like they they come across something they attack it they destroy it and then they go well i guess we continue on to el dorado meanwhile there's less and less of them everyone's getting sick and malnourished and every day someone else dies from an arrow wound they've got no food they haven't had any like minerals like at one point they come across an encampment and there's just like salt in the earth and the men just start licking the ground because the ground is like a little salty yeah and they're like oh my god we haven't had salt in in weeks this movie also takes place over i think three months it's three months of them just floating down this river and it's crazy it's it's really good i don't want to yeah it sounds good this all of
1: it This is a movie you're talking about that I'm like, I really actually want to see this.
0: Yeah. The Klaus Kinski guy, he's kind of like an intense actor. I didn't really care for him. His acting style, I think, was just kind of abrasive to me. He also, like, walks around. Like, he kind of walks like, Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean a little bit, yeah. but like I was reading the IMDb, it's supposed to be because he has like a hunched back kind of a thing, like he has oh. a real bad posture. So I don't know. But this guy, the Klaus Kinski character, as the movie goes on, he gets crazier and crazier, and then they get so far in their journey that they can't they can't turn around. There is no turning around, right? And and so they just have to keep going, and and they're all just dying. It's it's quite a trek through through hell. It's definitely worth checking out. It's it's an hour and a half. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. It was it was quite entertaining and you kinda learn a lot about what is sixteenth century conquistadors a little bit. Uh-huh. Like just having to live in that armor. Like as the movie goes on, they all wear their armor all the time and they just have like the metal hats and the and the breastpates. But as the movie goes on, the helmets get rusty and tarnished and just everything gets real gross. And they're all just wearing the same clothes day after day. And they're all always wet because they're <laughs> floating on the river on this terrible raft that they fashioned together and you just you just feel for them and then all you can think is this kind of exploration maybe not this story but this kind of exploration really happened where people put themselves through the, like a similar scenario and you're just like god to what purpose Like, I mean, besides fame and fortune, which is what they talk about in the movie, like they're like, it's beyond the gold of El Dorado that we're doing this. It's for the fame and the power because they've declared themselves their own country. And every day, the, the, their new King marks down in, in this book or whatever, he's got this terrible big piece of paper, their territory. Like every day he declares the land that they've crossed for the new, their new country and at one point he goes, we're over six times the size of Spain already. They're, they're in it for more than just gold. But like at a certain point, the value of everything drops to zero where they all just want to go home. Right. You know, it's, it's f- f- wonderful. I really enjoyed it a lot. And, and talking about it actually makes me like it a lot more. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it it sounds like a good one. I guess uh occasionally you actually run across something good in your adventures.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the translator guy who's also one of their slaves. Like you don't know if he's ever telling the truth about what he's translating because uh-huh. he's a slave and he hates the Spaniards. And so at one point there are these natives along the side of the river and they start shouting and like hooting and hollering when they see the the raft go by and they ask him, "What are they saying?" and he goes, "Oh, um I don't know fresh fresh meat on a raft and <laughs> and so the the white people get scared because the brown people are going to attack them. Where meanwhile the the translator could just be lying and they could have been like, "Ooh, people, people, let's go see the new people."
1: It could just be a lie. He just starts snickering to himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking it, about eating you
0: <laughs> It's really a. Uh, Really an interesting movie. I I enjoyed it quite a
1: bit. Cool. Yeah, you said you hadn't seen anything else from Werner Herzog. Uh, Have you seen Grizzly Man?
0: I've seen parts of it. I kind of know everything I need to know about that movie from when it happened, like the story of
1: it. I I just thought you had seen it, so I was going to say that. That was from him.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I, I remember when that happened. Like, I heard all about it, and then he made the documentary about it or, or whatnot, and I'm just like, I don't care enough about that guy to watch his movie. The Grizzly Man, not Werner Herzog, but The, it's the Grizzly a, Man is, It's is an a,
1: interesting movie. yeah, uh, he's such a jackass. <laughs> well, that's not, not true. <laughs> he got all those people killed. Well, him.
0: And then his girlfriend died, him, too. Him,
1: him and his girlfriend, and then two grizzly bears.
0: Spoiler alert.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, so.
0: Well. Gear, the Wrath of
1: God. Check it out. I saw a movie in the theater, so that means Oh, yeah. That's not the theme song you came up with last time. Preview corner. Oh, no, that actually is the thing you came up with last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, here's some previews. Saw another preview for Terminator 6. And boy, this is a new preview, so if you've you know you've seen the other previews and you want to see something a little bit different, it's out there now, and all of the lines are terrible, like every line in the preview is just over dramatic, but spoken in the most bored bland way possible, like everyone seems bored, mhm, including me <laughs> so uh, I want to want to go to the theater to see this, even if it's going to be bad. Like, I, I want to be motivated to go. But the more I see of it, the more I'm like, no, this is starting to feel like Terminator Genesis, where I'm just like, I got no need for that at all. I'm not do <laughs> Did you ever curious. see Genesis? No. For the reason I'm stating right now. it just It just doesn't, there's no appeal. You should watch it.
0: It's eh. pretty awful. Yeah, good action sequences in it. I will give it that. The action stuff in it, for the most part, is pretty good. But the story is stupid.
1: Yeah, I, I could pass. I mean, even with the, with I, I don't know what that one looked like, but with everything looking so bad in this, like the CGI looking so terrible, I, I, I can't even. There's one shot where the um human. So you know how in the commercial you've seen before. It looks like there are two Terminators, and one's a woman and one's a dude. Yeah, the woman is actually instead of being a robot made to look like a human, is a human who's been upgraded. Oh, um, yeah, twist. so it's an upgraded human against a robot. And you know, I can I don't even know if we can think of them as robots anymore. They're just globs of CGI stuff. There's one moment where she's fighting with him though, and she's like slicing him in pieces with a chain, and that's kind of a cool shot but the rest of it just looks so messy and like unrendered that i can't imagine even being pulled in for the quote unquote action so i don't i don't know man if if i end up in the theater it's going to be 100% just me wanting to see linda hamilton on a screen
0: oh see i think she looks just terrible
1: oh no i'm not like, talking about how she looks i'm just talking no about but like i mean like like when hamilton. i
0: i saw that latest trailer and i'm like what happened to Linda Hamilton? Like, I know it's been 30 years since Terminator two or whatnot, but I'm just like, did she just have a lot of, a lot of work done or is that just this time? Cause she doesn't look like Linda Hamilton. She just looks like a grandma.
1: <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. But I, my, my problem with her more than that is just that like the lines that she's delivering, aren't good either. (laughs) I'm like, man, I can't even want to see Linda Hamilton on screen because Linda Hamilton's not doing a very good job either. She sounds just as bored as everybody else. So anyway, that's enough about that crappy looking movie. (laughs) Saw another preview for Ad Astra. And one of the lines to Brad Pitt, whose father is played by Tommy Lee Jones, is you look just like your father. (laughs) And I thought, there's no way in any world that tommy lee jones wants like brad pitt so anyway <laughs> that's that i don't have anything more to say about the movie it's, it's still a guy going into space for some ambiguous reason and probably aliens are involved in something and then i don't know looks like stuff explodes although i don't get the sense that it's exactly an action movie but i'm curious enough Saw so another preview for Maleficent 2 and wondered to myself, why am I being so willing to be kind to this movie? <laughs> the, <laughs> this preview, if I step back and watch it objectively, looks god awful. But there's just some part of me that's like, yeah, let's give it a chance. And I saw a preview for Jumanji 2, because it's already a thing. I don't know. I feel like I was going to say, there's already a out.
0: Jumanji 2? Yeah. Didn't that come out last year?
1: It feels like it. And it stars the same people, but this time they are they're different characters. It's it's as if like they got assigned different avatars in the game. Uh-huh. So this time, The Rock is playing. Oh, I don't remember now who he's playing. One of them, whether it's The Rock or uh, uh, what's the little guy's name, Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart. <laughs> One of them is playing Danny DeVito. <laughs> one of them is playing i think it's kevin hart actually who's playing um danny glover oh okay so yeah so you're ending up with different people in the game and being acted out by these guys and it actually looks kind of funny so i'm like whatever i'll give it a try i guess i just like the first one right I enjoyed the, the it. The one I don't, with The Rock? I don't remember it at all, but I, but I know I, I enjoyed it enough. And The Rock looked like he actually was having some fun, so that would be nice to see, because lately I feel like he just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Then I saw a preview for a movie called Tenet, which is a Christopher Nolan movie. And from the preview, that is all I know.
0: Oh, yeah. I saw that. It's like an old trailer. I saw that. Like It came out like six months ago it's just the
1: titles right it's like they show a guy walking through a room that has a like bullet holes in a glass window oh it's a new trailer (laughs) but that's but that's all i got from it i'm like i don't know if this guy is a superhero i don't know if he's a detective or what and then i saw another a new preview for the joker or for joker eh? St- still not doing anything for me. I'm definitely going to see it, and I know it's just gotten some awards and stuff that were, you know, kind of unexpected from something comic book related. But uh, uh, there's just nothing in the preview that is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to go out of curiosity about the idea. It's just got nothing to do with the preview, and yeah, I don't know. See what Joaquin Phoenix does with this. It's got to be yeah. better than Jared Leto. So, <laughs> and then. I thought the move, or I thought the previews were over, but there was a sort of a fake out thing. So, what they're doing with the spoiler alert for the previews, <laughs> what they're doing before it—you see a bunch of previews, and then it goes to the commercials that are usually right before the movie, mm-hmm. and then another thing comes up that's got red balloons floating in the air, and you see. Um, Pennywise's outline but then there's also a DC logo that comes up because if you're going to try to surprise people why not spoil that you're surprising them and then Harley Quinn smashes a balloon or something she's like I'm so fucking done with clowns and then some music kicks in and it's a preview for a movie called Birds of Prey which is oh. a sp- off of Suicide Squad I guess Boy, you know, I, had, t- I had, can't tell you how interest, uninterested I am in that, too.
0: I, I heard about that, but I forgot about it.
1: Yeah, apparently it's a thing. I think I heard about it at one point, too, and then went, eh, they probably gave up on that. But Yeah, I, I, I feel not. the same way. Well, apparently that Flash movie's still supposed to be coming. So I guess they're not done with this round of DC movies yet. Probably because of Aquaman. Because yeah. that fucking sucks. But anyway. It made so much money. Ugh. Shut up. <laughs> 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 so it two. So okay, so it one, the first part was a movie about kids. I mean, probably everybody knows this. Kids who one of their, one of the kids' brothers was murdered by this clown. Sort of has like weird powers and stuff, it's kind of paranormal. And he's a serial killing clown. He eats kids. This happens like every like twenty seven years or so. So this takes place twenty seven years later. Now, is it okay if I spoil this? Please, okay, because it, it's there's not much in it that's not in the old TV movie. So I haven't seen that either. So yeah,
0: I don't. Um, could please feel free to spoil it. I I really have no interest in
1: seeing it. Well, you know that's 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 fair because um this movie this movie sucks, Nick. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but you like the first one right i i enjoyed the first one i thought i thought the first part was actually pretty good this takes place with the adults for the most part and it is two hours and something like 50 minutes long wow and it sucks it <laughs> sucks it's it's obnoxious from the jump like it's. It's got, oh God, it's got that Stephen King feel, even though it's done by different people and decades later after all those TV movies. And it still just has that feel where people are being obnoxious and like the dialogue's not right. It's kind of janky. And I'm
0: dialogue, dialogue that only works on paper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's really nobody doing a great job in it. Jessica Chastain's fine. James McAvoy, who is. I'm just sick of he's he's overrated. I'm sorry, it's true. It's I don't care if you can do 23 different characters and split. You know what? Those scenes get shot on different days, so watch whose line is it anyway, and you'll see that people can play different characters jumping from one minute to another. It's no big deal. And I just I don't like his face. So anyway, <laughs> he's probably a great guy. I'm sorry, James McAvoy. I just just. Just go on vacation for a while. Stop being in stuff for a little bit. So what this movie is, is like they've all left the town and they've sort of forgotten about what happened there 27 years ago. That's part of the sort of magical bullshit of the town is that when people leave, they start to forget stuff that's happened there. Except for the one character, Mike, who stuck around and became a librarian and has been like tracking the history of the town this whole time.
0: If you don't leave, your memory stays.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. well, for him. I mean, one of the one of the issues with this movie and and maybe the book, but I don't I don't know, I haven't read the book, is that like the rules and everything are just really inconsistent in the city of Derry or the town of Derry. Like it seems as though the adults there have also forgotten a lot, but for some reason this guy's different. The powers of the of the clown character, like they're not consistent. The rules about how things work it, they're either inconsistent or they just don't make sense where there's like things that it's like, hey, if this thing can do that, if this if this clown can be all up in your head, how is it that you can be hiding behind it? Right. You know, like, yeah, it, it should know where you are because it can be in your mind. Sure. And just stuff like that all over the place that just it it's it's not a good enough movie to make room for that, you know, to like give it a pass. The things that are. That you would need to give a pass to are so stupid and like kind of glaring and you just, it takes you out of the film. So anyway, so yeah, this guy Mike sticks around and 27 years later, some guy gets murdered by the clown at the beginning of the movie. And so he's like, oh no, the clown's back, which is a problem in and of itself because the clown eats children. And this is like a 25 year old dude walking around, not related to anything. And Unless the clown's supposed to be homophobic, which doesn't seem appropriate. Let
0: me interrupt you. Yeah. So, how do they know that there's a clown? Like, if the thing eats children, then how do they know that he exists if there's no evidence of him?
1: The characters? Yeah. Oh, because he's been scaring them. He tried to attack them. He... Did he kill them? Well he killed the brother, but he, he 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 pops up a lot. He's like, hey, I'm a scary clown. Ah, I'm gonna bite you. And this is another issue. <laughs> is he does this all the time. In the first movie in this movie, where he pops up to scare people, but his goal is to kill them, but he seems to refuse to do that until like, hey, let me wait till they're all about ready to kill me, then maybe I'll just start pulling the trigger on this. It it just makes no sense. There's there's a whole bunch of like backstory that gets thrown in like it, it's kind of like there's like a native american explanation of like what this thing actually is. Like it's not really a clown. It's it. Which side note, that every time they say it, they refer to it as though they know the title of the movie is It. They're not mm-hmm. like, "Oh no, it's coming." They're like, "Oh no, it's coming." <laughs> like it's so annoying. But, but anyway,
0: they, they name it
1: It. Yeah. Yeah, instead of being like Pennywise (laughs) or just being like it as though it's part of a sentence. They're like, and then it will be here. It is going to attack us. Oh, God, shut up. So anyway, Mike manages to get them to come back to the town and they're super reluctant to come back. They're all acting like they're scared. And then once they're there, they're acting as though everything's fine. I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense. They don't remember, but they're scared. And then they get there. Where they can start to remember. And the first thing they do is just have a party. And I'm like, this is oh, it's so dumb. But Mike explains at some point. He's like, yeah, I know how to kill it. Well, no. He goes, I know how to kill it. <laughs> and they're like, hey, that's good. You maybe should have mentioned that before everybody was ready to just leave. There's no adventure or anything to find out how to do it. It's just like, hey, there has to be a way to beat this unbeatable thing. Oh, conveniently one of the characters just knows it Mm. and it's not really going to be explained or anything you just kind of see james mcavoy have a montage and he's like now i know it too and you're like all right that's fine i guess jump scares this movie is is full of jump scares because it's not a good movie so that's all it's got and and really bad effects i mean the most convincing thing about this second movie in terms of like what this clown is is that it's pretty good at body shaming (laughs) <laughs> that's that's about it. That's about it. I, you know, I, I generally speaking, I can make it. If a movie's not great, I can make it to maybe near the end before I start checking my watch. You know, like maybe if if I check my watch to be like the last quarter. So I was checking my watch, going, "Oh man, I hope this is over soon." Thinking that it was at least two hours in. Nope, it was literally an hour in. Oh, no. And the next time I checked my watch, it was an hour and 28 minutes in. Oh. And then an hour and 32 minutes in. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, man, it's only been four minutes. This is terrible. Okay, so there are some things this movie actually does pretty decently, though. Mm-hmm. Comedy. There are a lot of jokes. Some of them don't land. But enough of them do that I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I kind of enjoy the comedy in this, which is a weird thing for me. Because if I'm not enjoying a movie, the comical stuff usually is just pissing me off even more. There's that. And then there are the kids. So the kids are still in it in some scenes, just in flashbacks. And the kids are fine. The problem with this is the comedy doesn't belong. And the kids don't need to be there. You don't need to do any flashbacks. And they add an hour into the movie. Yeah. So, it's like the best parts of the movie are the parts of the movie that don't belong there. And that's not a good sign. And it's not an enjoyable experience. There's a... Okay, so I'm I'm spoiling here, too. So, anybody listening, if you don't want to hear about the actual end of the movie, come back in a few minutes. So, they kill it like you would kill a boggart. A what? A boggart from Harry Potter. Where you're like, oh, no, it, it looks like the thing I find scary let me think it's not scary (laughs) and then it'll turn into a a, it'll turn from a spider to a spider with roller skates i do not
0: remember this from harry potter at all
1: oh okay well there's the thing that transforms whatever they're afraid of
0: is that the giant spider that tries to kill him in like the second or third movie
1: no 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 this this is in the yeah it is in the third movie but um no it's not the giant spider it's just like they're in a classroom and the they open this chest and a bogart comes out but whatever kid is at the front of the line it turns into what that kid is afraid of so one kid's afraid of a snake and then it turns into a clown which actually is even scarier looking ron's afraid of spiders so it turns into a spider and then he turns it into a spider with roller skates on which uh, anyway is more terrifying i think <laughs> cuz now it can move yeah well <laughs> That's what they do in this movie, though. They're like, we're going to not believe you're scary and we're going to tease you to death. And they pretty much, yeah, they pretty much tease it to death. There are so many problems with this. One, everything I just said. Two, the power is belief. Okay, so this is the way to like fight back at this thing. And they do it throughout the whole movie. So it's not just at the end. They're like, oh, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And then it would, whatever was attacking them would disappear. But the problem is, they never, never, never seem to believe what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They're, it's it's like if you were to close your eyes and put your fingers in your ear and be like, oh, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. That's what you would do if it was real. Yeah. And you were trying to convince yourself in some way and you were doing a terrible job at it. Right. You don't be- you're saying it, but you don't believe it. Right. So the power should not really be doing anything. Right. Yeah.
0: So it's more like instead of the power being belief, the power is hope.
1: I I guess yeah, like or denial
0: of the incredible power of prayer.
1: (laughs) No, it's 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 denial. It's the it's it's weak attempts at denial. And the one of the other problems with this is while they're doing that, while they're insulting it to death, while they're you know doing this whole belief thing, what they keep saying is, "You're a clown." (laughs) but can he change
0: shape isn't that one of his powers
1: yeah but the shape he's chosen i mean at, at this point in the movie he's actually a giant spider clown but like he's chosen to take the shape of a clown and if you're like yeah you're a clown shouldn't it be like yeah i know and now i'm gonna eat you like a clown right yeah so it doesn't it just it there's so many things that if you think about it at all, it just isn't good. Mm-hmm. And then my last note, and I started writing this out because I was like, you know what? I need something to help me soothe myself while this movie is not ending. Uh, so my last note is fucking end, 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 fucking end. And that was just me doing a little bit of therapeutic breathing. just (laughs) helping myself through the last few minutes, because this movie refuses to end. Even once they've defeated the thing, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going anywhere. There's another 20 minutes. Oh. Yeah. So, it too. Screw this movie and all of its orifices.
0: So, you're not excited about the director's proposed extended cut?
1: Honestly, I I have heard about that, and I think it would probably, if it's taking parts of the first one and and the second one and blending them a bit differently, it would probably improve the second one, but I'd much rather just go back and watch the first one and have it be a standalone. And the first movie does work just fine as a standalone movie. The second movie really just did not need to happen at all.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I guess the second movie exists just because it's in
1: the book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Well, and because the first one made a bunch of money. So they were like, "Well, Let's isn't make more money.
0: In the 90s, TV one, isn't yeah. the worst part the adult part?
1: Yep. And that did not change. Mm. Yeah. And there are things that are like sort of referenced. Uh, there's just so much stuff in here that just really doesn't need to be. There's no, this movie could easily have been an hour and a half. Seriously. Like I, I, I you could cut out half of it. And be Mm -hmm. fine. You you could have made an entertaining movie. You could have made a decent, like, okay, you know what? They only beat it temporarily the first time, so they need to beat it for real. But what Mm -hmm. they needed to do, and I don't, like I said, I've never read the book, so I'm not ragging on the book unless it's this bad. What they needed to do is just chuck the book and go like, hey, you know what? Okay, so we want a film about them destroying this thing permanently. Let's write that up with what we know and how it works you know rules that are in the universe and try that and spend a lot less to make it and keep people in the theater for a lot less time wanting their lives to end you know just like (laughs) be better people (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a shame
0: i know you were looking forward to it
1: you know i shouldn't have been i should i should have known better i should have known better as soon as what, I saw same, James McAvoy's fec- uh, face, I should have been like, "All right, I'm a, this, this is no, no."
0: It was the same guy that made the first one, right?
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. It it doesn't it doesn't feel the same, but yeah, I think it was the same guy. Yeah. So that's that. Don't check it out unless okay. you absolutely need to.
0: Well, I guess that's it, Chapter Two. Oh wait, I have a whole other
1: movie. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were just saying the title. <laughs>
0: I was making a hilarious pun. My second movie that I saw was from the year 2000, called Space Cowboys, Uh directed by Clint Eastwood, and starring Clint Eastwood, Donald Sutherland, Tommy Lee Jones, James Garner, James Cromwell, Marcia Gay Harden, and William Devane. All right, so all those people are in this movie, and this movie is two hours and 10 minutes long this movie could have easily been an hour and a half and definitely should have been haven't you seen this before nope this was my first time oh and so the plot of this movie is a russian communications satellite is falling out of orbit and the software on it and the hardware components are so old that no one working at nasa today or in the russian cosmonaut program i don't know what the, i guess Roskov is what they call their russian program nobody knows how to fix it except for clint eastwood and tommy lee jones donald sutherland and james gardner who were in the pre-nasa space program when it was an air force program and uh, it's not a good movie this movie blows
1: it's <laughs> It's,
0: it's kind of interesting from, from like a, from a, uh, a concept point of view where you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) So the, the conceit is these old guys are the only ones who know how to fix this satellite. Okay. Let's get them. Let's get them up there. Nope. We spend an hour and 15 minutes getting them to space. They try to cram so much plot into it. The first 10 minutes of the movie take place in black and white 1958, where these young hotshot Air Force guys are are flying around in experimental planes, like breaking records and stuff because they're that's their job. Tommy Lee Jones is the pilot and Clint Eastwood is his partner or co-pilot. And on the ground is Donald Sutherland, and James Gardner is flying the recovery plane. And for whatever reason, that makes these four guys an indispensable team. In the 1958 segment, they have younger actors playing them, but they're using their modern voices. So you've
1: got... Right. You've got a young guy speaking with Clint Eastwood's gravelly-ass voice.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you're just like, "I, I don't need this i don't need this at all this is stupid (laughs) we don't need this scene at all and the scene basically ends with the air force's space program ending and nasa's space program beginning and then they bring out a monkey and they say because i guess clint eastwood and tommy lee jones were supposed to be the first men in space and then they bring out this monkey who's going to be the first man in space and then that starts uh james cromwell plays the the head of nasa or something and Tommy Lee or Clint Eastwood and, and him hate each other because they crashed a plane and it doesn't make any sense it's stupid and so jump forward to the year 2000 although it says present day but it's not we don't fly a space shuttle anymore and this movie is all about flying a space shuttle like I said the, only these old guys can can fix the satellite now I know I've mentioned that like four times now but the movie does too The movie keeps keeps telling you only these old men can fix the satellite.
1: You're giving us a real flavor of the the movie itself, I see.
0: And so you might be asking, well, what's wrong with the satellite? Why don't they just let it
1: crash? what's wrong with the satellite? Why don't they just let it crash?
0: Oh, I'm glad you asked. There's a Russian guy who says, this satellite's very important to Russia. If it crashes, there could be civil war in my country, and we don't want that, right? And so James Cromwell is suspiciously like, "No, we don't want that at all." Bum bum bum. Huh? Yeah. So so something is afoot already, and you're like, "Oh, this is more than just like a rescue operation." There's going to be like, you already know, you already know what. The, guess what's up with the satellite? See if you can figure it out. It's Russian. Yeah.
1: That's that's the whole thing It owns our president
0: No, no, this is before before that Uh, It's
1: filled with Sputnik No, but it's filled with something What's the nuclear stuff called? Uh, Nuclear weapons Plutonium
0: It's filled with nuclear weapons Okay And that's why we can't let this satellite crash Is because if it starts to crash It will deliver its payload all over the United States We don't find that out till... Till Clint Eastwood's inside the satellite two hours into the movie.
1: And he's like, wait he's a minute. Like, Why do all he's... these things say ACME on them? Are these <laughs> right. bombs?
0: Well, like, this satellite is so huge. Like, it's a monster satellite. And they're like, what kind of modifications did you make to this? And James Cromwell's like necessary ones and you're like is james cromwell in on this or is he not and basically long story short the nasa got used the satellite is filled with nuclear weapons that will blow up the united states if clint eastwood doesn't disarm them Mm -hmm. or turn them back on and if they turn them back on then basically they're just arming weapons against themselves for the russians there's two young guys on the trip with them and the one guy's like, "Hey, we have our orders we need to we need to do this and so he goes to fix the satellite on his He escapes from the space shuttle to fix a satellite a satellite that you can go inside and walk around in was how big this thing is mm-hmm.
1: and, and I do believe it is notoriously easy to sneak out of a space shuttle
0: <laughs> yeah like that at one point it's nasa on the ground that says hey there's somebody outside of the space shuttle there's and they're like,
1: something on the wing and
0: william devane is like hey clint eastwood someone's outside the space shuttle who is it and they're like well i'm here it can't be me oh it must be the the guy who's really insistent on finishing the mission <laughs> and so it's stupid. They spend so much time training them. We spend so much time like with them preparing to be astronauts and that and that actually is like the more interesting part of the movie is basically just old people having to get ready to go to space because they're unprepared for it and it takes place in the same time period that they sent John Glenn back into space for like a mission to celebrate, I guess. You know, just because John Glenn was the first American in space and he's still alive. So I think he's still alive. He may have died. But like they sent an old guy into space and everyone was like, oh, you can't you can't do that. His body can't take it. And and old people are just as capable as young people to go into space. (laughs) Nick's going to be saying that more and more these days. Every day I'll say it a little (laughs) bit more. Please send me to space. Basically, you watch these guys train. But, like, cut with it is all of their internal problems. Like, Tommy Lee Jones and Clint Eastwood kind of hate each other, but they love each other. And you're like, ugh, I get it. Get over it. And then Tommy Lee Jones falls in love with Marsha Gay Harden. So we have to watch him fall in love. And, like, they make out all the time. And then we find out that Tommy Lee Jones is dying of cancer. Oh, no. He's dying of cancer. And then we have to watch him and Marsha Gay Harden be sad about it. And then we have to have the scene where James Wait, I, I don't
1: remember this movie all that well, but does she have an absolutely terrible haircut? Yes. Okay. I remember that. I, I don't
0: know if it was just like a late nineties haircut though.
1: No, um, I, I saw it. You seen long. this movie? Yeah. I saw it on video not long after it went to video or oh. maybe I saw it on an airplane or something, but yeah, I remember being like, holy cow, that is a. I hope that's a wig. That's just, this just looks <laughs> terrible. And uh, John Glenn died in 2016. Oh, okay. Rest in peace.
0: Well, Godspeed, John Glenn. So we have to watch them cry together. We have the scene where Clint Eastwood's like, I'm not going up without my team. And James Cromwell's like, okay. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, I guess go up. It's so a good thing just, we
1: did all that training, man. So they just man. do.
0: Yeah, we like waste 10 minutes of him arguing about whether or not Tommy Lee Jones should go to space cuz he has cancer. And then at the end they're like, "Okay. Meanwhile, in Apollo 13, they take care of that in I think 2 minutes." In 2 minutes like they they tell Gary Sinise, "You can't go to space. You have the, you might get the measles. We just can't you just can't go." And Ger- Gary Sinise is like, "Okay. That sucks." Yeah, it does suck. All right. Let's move on. Let's get Kevin Bacon on board. And then they move along. And then there's in a the reason Apollo 13, and I've said it before, is because there's no like there's no real antagonist in the movie, except that the ship's broken in this movie. The antagonist should just be, hey, we've got to all come together to fix this satellite before it blows up America. And. The whole subterfuge of the movie is that, oh, it's a communication satellite and they don't find out it's a nuclear weapon until they get up there when the whole time should have been it should have been from the word go. Hey, so this satellite that's going to crash, it's armed with nuclear weapons that we put up during the Cold War, you know, like you probably did, too. And, and James Cromwell at one point is like, this breaks a treaty. And, and and you just roll your eyes like, you know, there are American missiles in space, too, dude. Like, wh- what are you
1: getting on your high horse about? Well, the year and 2000 so, like, was a more innocent time.
0: Right. And so, like, the, the the what really, like, would put this movie into, like like, having a point is, oh, we've got to stop these nuclear weapons from blowing up America. But they're running on such outdated software that only Clint Eastwood can save us. And you're like, okay, I get it. Let's all right, let's go. And then they get up there and then they have to stop the missiles from going off. And then like all the problems that they have can still kind of happen. But you don't need the renegade astronaut guide in the movie and all like it. It's so convoluted and stupid. Just like every every other turn, there's like a there's like a bad guy and and then somebody gets punched in the face and you're like, oh, just solve the problem. I I, I watch a NASA movie to watch people solve problems smartly, not to see people get punched in the face. You know, like that's what I want from a space movie is someone to cleverly solve a get out of a predicament. What's
1: what's so funny about this to me is if this weren't a space movie, you'd love it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you, you're like no god damn it this is space i want it done the right way
0: you take this shit seriously <laughs> a, right. this is dangerous like, environment
1: to be in how dare you mess with a space story <laughs> by throwing in cheesy stuff that's for every other movie i want to watch
0: yeah Exactly. So I hated this movie. It was, is it terrible. It's well filmed and pretty well performed. I like Tommy Lee Jones in it a lot, which is surprising because I usually don't like or care for Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. But he's he's quite good in this movie. Clint Eastwood is useless, almost. At one point, we're introduced to the fact that he has a wife. When we're first introduced to old Clint Eastwood, he's, like, making out with his wife. Mm-hmm. And you're like, eh, okay, good for you guys. You forget that he has a wife, because everybody else in the movie is just trying to get laid. Like, Donald Sutherland is just this creepy old man who's really smooth with younger ladies. And Tommy Lee Jones is trying to bang Marsha Gay Harden. And James Garner is, like, a priest now or something, so he just doesn't really have anything to do in the movie at all. And Clint Eastwood's wife shows up to the rocket launch, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's married. Huh. Well, she's useless. She has no point in the movie. Whereas in Apollo 13, like, Jim Lovell's wife plays a critical part in the movie, like, grounding you as, like, with her and her family and his family back on Earth. Mm Mm-hmm. And you care about her, whereas this this lady serves as a purpose to, all right, in this scene and in every scene, you're going to look like you just finished crying. Action. Great. We got it. All right. Let's do it 10 more times. Mm-hmm. And then, spoiler alert, I'm going to ruin the ending. Tommy Lee, basically, there's a big accident, and the space shuttle's broken, and the satellite is broken, and the satellite's going to launch its missiles unless... And and Tommy Lee Jones goes, Well what if we just shoot it at the moon? And Clint Eastwood's like, That's a great plan. And Tommy Lee Jones goes, Okay, well I'm dying of cancer, so I'll sacrifice myself. And Clint Eastwood's like, Oh no, don't. See you later. And he goes back <laughs> he goes back to the ship and Donald Sutherland's like, This is a bad plan. And then he gets back to the ship and Donald Sutherland's like, Where's Tommy Lee Jones? And, and Clint Eastwood's like, you've been listening this whole time. He's he's strapped to the giant rocket. We're going to shoot him at the moon. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense at all why Tommy Lee Jones has to be strapped to the rocket
1: going to the moon. Because Like he's not the, actually doing anything with it. He's not like yeah, steering not like, it or something. He's
0: not like he's steering to the moon. It takes three days to get to the moon. Like you've got to aim. You can't do it by hand. I, like I mean, I know he's a crack pilot, but like it's
1: wait do math they, do they blow up the moon i feel like the way i remember it he's actually like sitting on the moon
0: that's how it ends they make it back to earth clint eastwood is able to land the space shuttle without any wings basically He it's like the scene from uh hot shots where ryan Stiles is like holding the airplane's wings together i don't know anyway that at all Oh, it's funny. So he lands the plane, and then they're all like, "Hooray!" And then they're and then Marcia Gay Harding is like, "Oh, I'm sad. My boyfriend just went to the moon to die." But again, like Tommy Lee Jones straps himself to the top of this rocket to just push go. I guess I guess that's his whole purpose is to just hit the on button for the missile engines. the The movie ends with Clint Eastwood and his wife looking at the moon, and she says, "Do you think he made it?" And Clint Eastwood's like, "I don't care." (laughs) he's really just like i think so and then frank sinatra's fly me to the moon starts playing and we go we go all the way to the moon and we can see like the debris from this crash and we get closer and closer and closer and we go around this rock and there's this spacesuit just sitting up against the rock like a beach chair looking at planet earth and you're like this is stupid wait so he so so he blew up the moon no he just landed on the moon but survived the nuclear explosion well that's of all what of i was gonna say like hitting it
1: how is it that all these things have blown up and he's all right not only did he survive a nuclear
0: holocaust but he survived landing on the moon strapped to a rocket going fifty thousand miles an hour and had the capacity to crawl over to a rock to have a nice view it's so dumb
1: yeah i remember hating that movie but you make it sound worse than i even remember yeah
0: i i hated it it's so long like i kept i kept looking at the clock i'm like they're not even they're just barely getting to nasa to start training it's been 45 minutes like we spend you spend like 15 20 minutes getting the old gang back together and you're like why is james garner here he's got nothing to do Donald Sutherland has nothing to do. Like at least Tommy Lee Jones is like a pilot and he can land the space shuttle, but so can any other astronaut. Cause they have all these, like the, the running thing through the movies that there's these young astronauts who are pissed off that the old astronauts are taking their slot. So they send two young astronauts up with them. And I'm like, why is Tommy Lee Jones there then? Like what, what purpose does he serve except to be able to land the plane if the computer dies? Cause they talk about that. They're like, Oh, you don't even really have to land the plane. The computer does it. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, what if the computer breaks? And so at the end of the movie, the computer breaks. And Clint Eastwood is the one who has to land the plane, even though he's not a pilot like Tommy Lee Jones. So you're just like, why? Why are all these people up there? All they need is Clint Eastwood to go into the rock to the satellite to fix whatever needs to be fixed. Mm hmm. It doesn't make any sense other than the fact that uh, we want a cast of old people to put into space.
1: Ah, oh, you figured it out.
0: Oh, okay, I got it. Sweet. So I don't want to talk about Space Cowboys anymore. Well, oh, I hope you learned a valuable lesson,
1: but I know Another you not Another thing about <laughs>
0: Space Cowboys is no, I didn't learn anything. Alright, so then that brings us to the part of the show where we...
1: <laughs> Angrily place our movies on <laughs> we... <laughs> it. Yeah.
0: Matt, where would you like to put it, it chapter
1: two. Yeah. I, I, I went back and forth on this cause I'm like, what would I rather watch again? That's, that's my way of trying to straighten out some of these, like, you know, some of the list being so out of order.
0: That's kind of how I'm doing mine at, at this point too.
1: And I really struggled because I'm like, would I rather watch 47 meters down uncaged again or it chapter two? What, or Contagion. And, and you'll be happy, because I was like, I'd rather watch Contagion again.
0: Now, would you rather watch Signs before
1: the, It well, Chapter 2? That, that helped me decide that I wanted It Chapter 2 to go above Signs. Oh, wow. You'd rather watch It 2
0: than Signs?
1: Yeah, I'd rather watch It 2 by myself. Then signs. If I were watching signs with another person, you know, like if I are watching it with you or my friend Heather, I'd be like, Okay, that's cool. But um, like To watch it to enjoy it? Yeah, to, to to go like, all right, where's this movie actually fit on its own accord? I see. I see. So I put it above forty seven meters down because even though forty seven meters down was shorter. I just can't. <laughs> like,
0: it, just, it did have that screaming fish you're so fond of.
1: Yeah, I, but I think what 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 bumped It Chapter 2 up above that, and, and seriously, if this weren't there, I just wouldn't know. Uh, it would have dropped further and further. Uh, it's just that there are humorous moments that made me laugh, and I'm like, all right, I could laugh at those jokes again. That's fine. Huh. They're not done well, by the way. <laughs> they just... <laughs> Like There are a couple things where I'm like, oh, that joke is kind of funny, and it it should probably go on for another three seconds, which I usually don't think either, but it it didn't. So, anyway.
0: (laughs) How many stars would you give it out of five? One
1: and one. One and a half? One One and a half? Uh, One and a half. One and a half. Oh,
0: okay. Would you recommend slash like it?
1: No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't.
0: It's down here in a sea of nose. So that brings me to my list, and I'm gonna put the hell did I see this week? Oh, I saw Space a,
1: Cowboys.
0: I saw a and, gear.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, and I'm gonna put that between Dancer in the Dark and Star Trek from 2009 into the new 21 slot. Oh, wow. I'm going to give this movie four stars, nice. and it's a total total like says slash recommend. Now, Space Cowboys. I had placed this movie, but I'm moving it down.
1: <laughs> you hate it more while you're talking about it. Well, after
0: I talked about it, I do hate it more. Yeah, and, I like that with it. With and that. I'm actually, I originally gave it one star, and or one and a half stars, and uh-huh. now I'm dropping it down to one. Boom. So I'm putting Space Cowboys in the number 72 slot underneath hunter and in uh, in between hunter and mortal engines uh i'm gonna give it one star (laughs) and it's a no
1: i totally would have gotten two and a half stars if it wasn't about space (laughs) (laughs) you're so mad (laughs)
0: yeah it's just so. St- it could have been a good movie. There's like a good movie in there, Or, no, an inter- it, like an entertaining movie, and they ruined it.
1: Yeah, it could have been like Independence Day or something, and you would have enjoyed it, and you would have been perfectly fine. But they messed with your space.
0: Yeah. The other the other thing about it is like the special effects are real dated. Like I bet at the time they looked pretty good. All of like the spacesuit, like spacewalking stuff that they do is all computer generated, and mm-hmm. it looks janky okay and they just kind of paste their faces on the in the helmets like they did in the movie gravity it's kind of made like a crappier version of gravity or a mm. 20 year old version of gravity like i wonder how gravity will look 10 years from now as you know like special effects decline with age or or get worse the older they get <laughs> the, the the i'm gonna say one other thing about it because i uh, because I have the platform. So, like, the weightlessness scenes, like, you know how, like, when you're in space, you get to float around? Yeah. The NASA offered them to, like, use their, their vomit comet airplane to do their filming for their weightlessness stuff, and Clint Eastwood was like, nah, we don't need to do that because I think everyone will get sick. And so it just basically looks like everyone is strapped to wires, just kind of floating around and moving real slow to reach <laughs> for things... And then at one point, one of the one of the guys on the ship like floats into frame, and he like says something like, "Hey, great flight, guys!" And Clint Eastwood's like, "Thanks, kid," and just pushes his head out of the way, and you just you just see him s- slide back on these wires. It's just so po- uh. it's just so poorly done, you know. It's so there's a good movie in there, and it's a shame. Matt, anything to plug for Midwest? <laughs> Matt recommends this week.
1: You know, honestly, I don't think I do have anything. You know, check out that Tool album if you haven't. I still
0: haven't listened to it. it no, oh, yeah, to. Check it out. Yeah, If you're interested in seeing our movie rankings list, check us out on Letterboxd. We're This Week in Film podcast, I think, on there. Real specific. And uh, you could go to the website, but it hasn't been updated because I don't know how to fix it. If you know how to fix a website, contact us at thisweekinfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Or just send us an email if you want to get in touch and tell us your views about space. Other than that, if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. See you then.